For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski and Dan Roberts on SCNZ. Love to race, grnz.co.nz is where you can head for all the information you need to know about greyhound racing in New Zealand. Unfortunately for everybody tuning in this morning, the great man himself, Mark Rosanowski, he is calling the Auckland Greyhounds, which means we've got a ring in. And again, you've gone deep into the barrel here, Daniel. You've pulled out Andy McCook. So it must be a big barrel to fit me in it, but I was right at the bottom. Now, we've actually got you wearing the nine rug now, mate. The old green and white stripe. Your it's first an improvement. Reserve. Yeah, your it's first an improvement. It's an improvement. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Uh, who's second reserve? Do you have one if I say no? Uh, we cross that bridge when we get to it, so not really. So you're hoping I don't say no? Yeah, basically. Yeah. We've got a good show in front of us. We're going to get Corey Steele on the phone in a moment. Mark Rosanowski is going to join us a little bit later on to have a little bit of a chat. We get Malcolm Grant on the show. That'll be fun. He's a, an old-time Greyhound trainer. He's been in it for many years. Yeah, he's been around for a long time, old Mal. It would certainly be good to have a wee catch-up with him and, and see how his team's ticking over. And then we have a little bit of a yarn about the Cup and Galaxy, which isn't far away, and you're going to let us know who's coming in second behind Levi Bale in your rankings, because I'm assuming he's at the top. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, hard, hard, hard to beat from our team anyway, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk into that. We're good wafflers, so I'm sure we'll be able to fill that last segment in pretty easy. We can waffle. We can waffle. <laughs> right, time for our first guest. It's the big guy from uh, up north, Corey Steele. Corey, a very good uh, afternoon to you. Afternoon, lads. How are we? Yeah, we're good, mate. We're good. Uh, hopefully the, the team's made their way to Auckland and, uh, and all kennel day okay? Yep, no, they've all, all got through the kenneling process pretty good. I've uh, just got four late, late kennelers waiting in the van and trailer uh, for about half past one they're going in. Rightio, Corey. We won't beat around the bush, mate. We know you've got to handle the winner in the first running out, Maiden Nom. So we'll just get straight into your runners, mate. Race two, number four. You've got a pile of Meg. She opened at six bucks. Her track stats aren't that good, mate. She's had 10 starts for one win over the trip. What do you make of her chances today? Look, she actually goes good races here at Auckland. It's surprising the, the track stats are terrible, but that's because she can't draw a decent box. And again, today, box four's less than ideal. Um, she sort of come into form a bit at Cambridge and, and Auckland over the spring trip because of those uh, preferential box draws. Um, but I think she's ready to step up to the to the 500 again today. And... Um, as long as she can cross in front of power Arlo, who sort of tends to hang off a bit on the fence, she'll put herself in the race, and she's good enough to hold on. She, I think she's a good top three prospect. Yeah, so you're talking us into a wee each way bet there at six dollars. Yeah, not not a bad price of six bucks. I wouldn't want to take anything shorter because, um, as you say, the track stats aren't good, um, and she's a bit of a head case dog. You know, if she's if she's right, she's she's not bad, and if she's not, she's terrible. So, um, yeah, a little each way bet. Corey, talk us through the uh, the preparation of uh, of the training of her. Obviously, she's been sprinting since having a little bit of a spell. Do you change much with her when stepping up to the 527-metre journey, or do you keep things pretty similar and it's just a case of her being fit enough now with a, a few starts back? Well, normally normally it is different um, when I'm preparing them for the 500-metre races, but because she's had enough racing um, over the last few weeks, she's, she, nothing's changed. She's just going into it um, on the same prep as what she's had with the sprints. 
Uh, she didn't have an injury or anything when I gave her that spell. I was just disappointed with how she was going, so I tipped her out for uh, four weeks um, out in the spelling lanes. And then obviously my kennels and mum and dad's kennels come down with the kennel cough, so we sort of isolated the facility for four weeks. And she's come back good. She's um, put on a bit of weight, which I, I, I'm quite happy with. I think that's through muscle tone. She's, she's looking the picture. She's just got to do it on race day now. Moving on, Corey, to race seven, number seven, Apawa Rhino. He's at $6.50. He's got great box stats from box seven. He's had the six starts for three wins and three minor placings. How do you think he's going to go today? Look, to be fair, I think he's only a place bet today, up in grade, um, first time up in C2. Uh, he, he let uh, Katie Wiley stand down on Thursday with American Warrior on Thursday at, uh, at Christchurch having a sub-30 second runner and a sub-17 second runner. He is definitely not near that calibre. Um, but he's an honest dog. He tries hard. If he can avoid Portland Sailor early, he should get himself around the bend and, and should put himself in a placing position. And, and moving on from there, mate, keep the box seven rug in your pocket because we're going to race nine. power Luke's also drawn box seven. Yeah, terrible draw for him. He'll flop out early. Um, if he can get it down to the fence, he's a place chance, but uh, he's really he's really a three seven five dog at Cambridge. Um, we just didn't get a C five sprint there this week. That's why he's come up here. If you're drawn inside, I would have seen the place bit, but I'd leave him out of it today. Corey, Mum and Dad line up uh, rocked it in that race. A greyhound who's uh, who's got a fairly decent motor comes up with box number two and a, a tidy field. What are the team expecting from him? Oh, uh, again, he, he's more a Cambridge dog, but shit, he's got some good stats here at Auckland, um, especially when he's drawn inside. Look, if, if he gets on the pace like he did when he went eighteen thirty, um, I, I don't think see anything catching him. It comes down to the box manners, and that does let him down in most of the starts. But I think he'll go a good race today. And another one of your runners in race eleven, Corey Number Four, a Power Lucy. She's opened up favourite here. I think she was pretty good last start, running second there. How do you think she's going to go today? Oh, look, she's she's desperate for the fence. Um, box four is probably not too bad for her. Um, thrilling Tessa drawn the three generally comes out all right and comes down to the fence. Our hot rod likes to run into the middle of the track. He's drawn one. So as long as you can get get down to the fence, um, she'll be coming home the strongest, I think, out of, out of the whole field. And the last of your runners today comes up in race 12, number one, Kay's last. She's a last start winner, but the draw doesn't look too ideal. No, she likes to run the middle of the track, this bitch. Um, she's uh, she's an amazing dog. Like she, she puts herself in the race, and I don't know how. She sort of sits midfield and somehow finds a gap and, and punches through. She's a she's a nice dog to have in the kennels because she is consistent. Um, the draw, yeah, the draw lets her down today, but as long as Clifford can jump and sort of keep Jared Udy and Nisi Cottam's dogs out wide, they're, they're super sprinters, that Lethal Angel and, and Mintaz, they go pretty quick. She's only an 1860 bitch um, on, on her best, so if that's good enough to win the race, you know, she, she can win it. Um, but again, I think she'll be a nice place bet at, at over $2 a play. Corey, I know you enjoy looking through the fields and doing a little bit of form, and you just touched on those two greyhounds. Uh, gee, in terms of being a Class 3 sprint, it's very, very good. Do you, do you think Clifford can just jump good enough to, to fend those two off and, uh, and make a little bit of room for you? Uh, no, I... I'm hoping so, but I, I just don't think they don't think he can. Like those two, Jared's, you know, they're breaking four sixty early, and that's um, that's flying around Auckland. So I think they're just going to be contesting the lead. Um, and and Clifford's sort of a four sixty five, four seventy dog. So hey, if, if I'm lucky, he'll jump and hold them out. If not, then I'm only running third.
It looks like you've got a pretty handy team in on paper today, Corey. They're coming back from the cough pretty well and, and running into some form. We're going to have to ask you for a best bet today from your five runners. Uh, best bet, I'd have to say, Opawa Lucy. I'm just happy with how she went on Thursday and she's jumping out of her skin. Um, I think she's my best bet. Corey, what about uh, your uh, parents' team? We know you have a fair bit to do with them as well, and uh, they've got a few running around. Is there one from uh, from their side of the kennel block that uh, we can go and put a dollar each way on? Uh, Rock, Rock, it would be their best chance in the open class sprint. Um, obviously, Crakey's dogs, are, they're quick. They're very good dogs. But if he can get to the fence, he'll, he'll be strong. Um, he, he's probably their best chance out of the nine they've got going around today. Corey, you touched on it a little bit before. Obviously, we've been through uh, your team now, but uh, you touched on the, the kennel cough that you had a wee while ago. Gee, must have been a, a fairly hard three or four weeks for the team. How did uh, not only you guys get through it, but how was that for uh, for the canine side of the uh, the kennels? So so it wasn't the worst strain of kennel cough we've ever had. Um, you know, they all, they're all coughing for probably... I'd say 15 days, which is the longest longest we've had for a long, long time. So it wasn't the most severe strain, but it just hung around for a long time. And uh, we got PCR tests done and, and sent over to Adelaide. Um, obviously, all the dogs have to be vaccinated. They're vaccinated against kennel cough, but it still hit the country hard. Um, it just, basically, they just come back and said it's a virus that we don't vaccinate for. So um, there was nothing, nothing more we could do. Uh, we just isolated every dog. There was probably about 15 dogs out of the 40 races that um, didn't get it, but there was no point taking them to the track. We just we just sat at home, worked them through it, and then worked them back up, ready to come back to the races. How hard was that on uh, on not only you guys, but but the dogs as well? Obviously, when they're used to going to the races uh, once a week, and suddenly they're having to sit at home. I, I'm I'm assuming that it sent a few of them over the edge and made them a little bit nutty. Yeah, um, we went through a lot of beds, um, a lot of chewed beds. They, you know, we could, we couldn't get them on the walker machine. We couldn't get them out in the paddock for at least ten days um, once it hit, because you know any pressure on their throats and that would have been just uh, too severe on the dogs. So, yeah, they they weren't happy. But these once they got out into the paddock for the first time, they they, they were tearing laps around. They were playing with the rugby ball and all the teddies we've got out there, and they were happy as Larry. So the first ten days was terrible for them and you know you feel sorry for the dog because there's nothing much you can do um, but once they got back out into the galloping paddocks and on the walking machine they were much happier Corey just quickly uh, on to you now obviously uh, those that don't know you you're quite into the political side of greyhound racing as well spend a little bit of time on the Christchurch board uh, now obviously uh, vice president I believe you are for uh, Waikato Greyhound Racing Club how are you finding that side of the sport yeah, it's a, I really enjoy it. It's a, it gives you a better aspect of the, the business side of the industry. So uh, obviously I've done a lot of hands-on stuff for the first sort of six or seven years once I left school, but um, it's a real big passion of mine uh, because I'm, I'm a big believer of collaborative success. I want everyone to be successful in this industry, and I can't do that just by being a trainer or an owner or a handler. I've got to get into those sort of roles and and sort of help guide the industry, in my opinion, into the right direction. And I think at the moment we've got a, a decent board, um, a Greyhound Racing board that understand all of that political side and, and how important it is for the grassroots of the industry. Um, we just obviously have to get through the get through the report with the government. And um, then I think if once we get through that, we're going to be in good stead for the next 10 years at least.
So you've been on the board for the biggest club in the country, Christchurch Grain Racing Club, now Vice President. Where does Corey Steele go next in that side of things? Uh, I've, applied, I've applied for the emerging director role that Sarah Paulson had for the last 12 months. Um, so that's basically a young person on the board under the age of 30. They don't get a vote on the board because, uh, you know, it's member-nominated member now um, through our constitution, but it's a stepping stone for a young person to get into that role. And if I'm successful in that, that'll put me in good stead for my ultimate goal of um, sitting at the board table in, in one of the big seats. Well, it sounds like things are looking good for you, Corey, and we wish you well uh, in your application for the Emerging Director role. And, of course, we good luck today with your five runners at Manukau. Opawa Lucy, your best. Good luck there. We are going to head to a break. Andy, on the other side of that, we're going to be joined by regular co-host Mark Rosanowski. This is Dog Speed on SENZ, brought to you by GRNZ. We love our dogs. They love to race. Lovegreyhounds.org.nz. Go and have a look on that website if you haven't already been on there. A number of stories about how these majestic athletes are treated, not only throughout their racing careers, but life after as well, when they go and uh, enjoy life on the couch after their racing days are finished. Dan, we've got a little bit of a special guest on next. I mean, people that have sort of half turned the radio down a little bit because Andy McCook's on, they'll be wanting to turn that radio back up. Yeah, pretty promptly too because we've got regular co-host joining us, Mark Rosanowski from the Petoni Studio. Rosso, good afternoon to you. Yeah, good afternoon, boys. You're going well. I got you down for a seven and a half out of ten there for the first segment. Uh, about six and a half belonged to Corey, and you, you guys collectively got the one. But uh, no, I'm feeling a bit threatened, actually. I'm, I'm happy with that, Rosso. I thought you'd be a, a, an underscorer, to be honest. So I'm feeling a normal person would probably give us a nine. <laughs> Tough but fair, you know. <laughs> and a guy wearing a cardigan like you're wearing at the moment, you don't want to be giving out <laughs> oh, too much dish about on. how we're going. Yeah, what about, what about the strobing shirt? Just shocking. Yeah, it's, it's quality actually, stuff, Rosso. I forgot I was going to be on camera today. Sorry, boys. Um, got the slippers on too. <laughs> we thought you might have the sneakers on to run to the next studio to call Manukau once we're finished with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's about five or six paces, and um, I'm actually <laughs> missing 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 the first trackside cross due to you, boys. Uh, well, due to Corey, really. But um, he had to handle in the first, and he may well be handling the winner, as you say. Um, funnily enough, uh, Dan, you might remember we had Daddy Steelo on Wayne. A uh, fortnight ago, and I think we cursed their team actually. But Sweet Banjo was tipping out his best of the day, and it was an absolute cert beaten in race number one. And it, it, of course, it came out and won next time at Cambridge, and Rosso wasn't on. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, cursing teams, mate, we did have Dylan Voice on on Sunday for the Heart team, and they had sort of they had an average day on Monday at Invercargill, and and then they came out and cleaned up on Friday back down at Invercargill. It's uh, it's not looking good, is it? So I hope you boys can do better today. I've got to say I'm very um, very pleased about the way Corey was talking about um, his team and members of his uh, parents' team as well because uh, I've got most of them high on the list, even one or two of them tucked into the multi. Rosso, before we get uh, start to uh, to dig into the the form from Manawood too, we better get your winners from uh, Monaco today for people tuning in. I'll do my best. Uh, you probably want Blake's tips, eh? Blake Stothard on today. Um, looking forward to teaming up with Blake for the first time on TAB Trackside 1. Uh, best bet today, I've gone with a dog that you guys know quite well, uh, Double Major, uh, who's up here with Hayley Mullane these days, and um, I think she'll have a really good time with him. And Brother Centurion's going pretty well at the moment, of course. They've had a good week. The uh, 19th hole syndicate, Double Major, won at Cambridge the other day after running a close second last week, and I, I think he can get the job done. He's got box number five. Uh, box four is vacant. 
competitive race with dogs like Thrilling Sniper and a Power Sandridge, but I think Double Major will kick on with it now. Ran some pretty quick times down your way uh, early in its career. He certainly was a handy greyhound, there's no doubt about that, and a fair bit of strength on his side as well, which uh, obviously is uh, through the breed. Rosso, we need to chat about uh, what happened on Friday out of Manawatu. Now, obviously, before we dig into it, the, the first thing we need to touch on is a, it was a little bit disappointing, obviously, with some scratchings. The Evans team were uh, supposed to come up, but Ferry cancellations put a, an end to that, meaning we had two four-dog heats for a $30,000 Manawatu Cup final, which uh, is, is slightly disappointing, although we are leading into Cup Week that we can, uh, that we can only manage those sort of numbers for a, a fairly decent stake. Yeah, very disappointing, uh, Andy, clearly. Um, sort of a number of factors. Um, Dan Roberts has gone soft, won't travel anymore. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I think, are they, are they, he did do Southland earlier in the week, so that's that's fair call. I, I think the last two trips to Manawatu killed him off, though. Um, but anyway, I see somebody's going to be travelling with the Roberts team on uh, on this coming Friday, given uh, there's a couple of uh, good dogs in the 720-metre race from that kennel. But um, obviously there's been kennel cough up and around here too, Andy, so that's uh, not one or two out. Corliger, I don't think he, he doesn't have kennel cough, but he had a wee injury. I think he's trialling on Monday. Um, and then, of course, um, I believe Peter Ferguson couldn't come down. He was committed at Auckland Trots. Um, and uh, he's got Majestic Legend I see in at Monaco today. And I'm guessing, I haven't actually spoken to Peter, but I, I'm guessing it's having a run around Monaco. So he can think about maybe bringing it down to Addington for the Cup because we know uh, Peter's not frightened to come and, uh, and tackle you guys down there. So, yeah, it was very disappointing with what we ended up with, uh, clearly. And we got uh, seven Lisa Cole dogs and one for AJ Christensen. What we did get was two really good races. And the incredible thing, guys, is uh, just looking at the uh, the sectionals here. So Federal Infrared ended up being the fastest qualifier with 25.46. The Mustang Charlie's 25 and 53. Now, if you'd said to me prior to the start, well, one of these dogs is going to lead up in nine seconds and run the fastest time of the day, then I'm going to say it's Federal Infrared, I'll have a thousand of that, thanks. Um, and, and Mustang Charlie run the 5.09, but still run a decent time, but it was actually the other way around, Mustang Charlie led in a 9 seconds flat, and uh, Federal Infrared led in a 9.09, but she really pulled it home in a 7 and 73, so should be a good battle, the final, um, and the last two times I've met, I've picked Federal Infrared, so you know who won, Mustang Charlie. It's quality from you, Rosa. That's quality. Uh, so outside mm. of the prince, and I guess we have to now call her the princess of Palmy, do we, Federal Infrared? She's uh, <laughs> certainly taken to the place like there's no tomorrow. I thought AJ Christensen's greyhound, you know me now, very good. And if she could land an inside trap, they'd certainly know she's in the final. Yes, certainly, Andy. And, and that was second back from a decent spell. And she won a Class 4 sprint fresh up. It was a really good run from her. She's run 20, uh, 25.68 in defeat. I mean, that's pretty fair, isn't it? any form of improvement from there. And then you've got a couple of interesting dogs. Allegro Mars, I, I find really difficult to, to, to kind of get a line on, uh, but I'd be happier with him drawing out wide. And Big Time Stunner's the other one, because he's actually got the potential to beat those dogs, and I thought he might the other day. Um, he broke a bone in his wrist in June after he beat Mustang Charlie, and he ran an absolute scream of the week before, but I'm not sure if he can do it two weeks in a row, and he kind of just lost his spot again mid-race, the other day, dropped back to last of the four and ran second in a 25 and 77. So I think it's pretty competitive in amongst, obviously, there's a clear top two. And then I think, um, you know, you know me now, Stunner, uh, Allegro Mars, sort of the uh, the next line. 
Talking about competitive, Rosso, we move on to the, the sprint and uh, very good uh, field as well. Again, dominated by the locals from the Cole Camp. Typhoon Tim, 21-21. Gee, he is back to somewhere near his very best, or at his very best now, and uh, he's airborne at the right time. Just amazing, isn't he? Um, all the way back to June, since he didn't run a placing. I think he's nine of his last 11 now, wins, and he's doing it all over the place, and he's doing it in the fastest times he's ever run. So can maintain this form through to the Galaxy. Third last year, he's a, he's a pretty real chance this year, isn't he? Although it's always super competitive, uh, that particular series, obviously. So he took time on his 21-21 with a lead-up of 4.94. Prada clung on in the second one, uh, 5.04 lead-up, 21.40 overall. The Grand Wild didn't look that keen to go past her in this straight, otherwise she, she might have been beaten there. Um, so on balance, what we've seen lately, guys, um, you'd be thinking that Typhoon Tim... Uh, will be uh, very, very hard to beat in that final. Just does it early too, doesn't he? Early speed, gets himself handy, and uh, from there he's uh, he's pretty hard to get past. Uh, Rosa, we'll come back to you in a moment, because I feel like Daniel Roberts is just sitting here doing nothing, and I, I'm not going to have a bar of that. We've got a 700-metre <laughs> journey on uh, final day as well, and obviously we didn't get heats for it, but uh, someone from Team Robbo is going to have to make the trip up, and I'm assuming it might be the guy sitting next to me. Uh, Raja Bale, Waleen Bale, both in super form. Dan, especially the big fella Raja. Yeah, good to see him bounce back uh, after that nasty fall when we were last up at Palmy. And again, I've come on the show and I've been reminded of that, that trip to Palmy. Um, but no, he bounced back good in the 600. Uh, it, I think it's going to be a race that comes down to the draw, to be honest. It's a stellar field we've assembled. Uh, we've got the first four home from the Silver Collar lining up. Um, it's one of the best distance fields we've seen for a long time. Obviously no keeper headlining things, Rosso, and we talk about him almost every week when we're uh, doing this, obviously, because he's the, the best we have. But what about your local hope, Mr. Fahrenheit? We know how he is, he, how good he is. And, uh, of course, Highview Spud, who's been very good as well. Yeah, what an amazing field. As Dan said, we've got the first four home in the, in the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, and that means that Karen Walsh is down with, uh, with Thrilling Road. No keeper, that clearly the Starline Act, but Mr. Fahrenheit was third in that Silver Collar. Uh, when we had that 720-metre feature where Roger Bale and Willene Bale um, unfortunately got in each other's way there for the Roberts camp, and, and Willene's engaged again this time. Highview Spud got away with the win, so you know, it was a bit lucky on the face of it, but it was very beautifully set up by trainer Sammy Phillips, and, and Highview Spud's a genuinely good 700-metre uh, dog now. With Mr Fahrenheit, he was sitting on the sidelines, uh, for, bizarrely, I've got to say, uh, but he's been really good since he came back, so hey, maybe... I think maybe, we all agree on the, that being bizarre, Rosa. <laughs> well, it just, it just fair dinkum makes me spit. But anyway, that's by the by, <laughs> and um, the fact is that... that that may, hey, maybe the maybe the month off has been okay for him um, because he's come back really well. I think he's a genuine top three chance, Mr. Fahrenheit. And the great thing is, guys, um, that given the nature of the field, his top three, top four price is actually going to be really good. And I'm sure there'll be other people thinking, yeah, hey, um, there's other dogs we like top three, top four that are really good prices. There's going to be a good betting race and there's going to be a hot favourite. So, um, yeah, get involved. Certainly going to be a super day of racing next Friday out of the Manawatu. Rosso, we better let you go because you need to take those five paces. For a normal-sized human being, it would probably be 10, but you've got a fairly decent long stride on you. Before we let you go, you better give us some value for the day as well. We can't just let you away with a best bet. That's ridiculous. No, fair enough. Um, I'm going to go race 10, number three, Rocket Red. Downgrade 7 and 2, 10. It's a tricky race. Uh, older uh, older half-brother, uh, my mate Spate in box one, who comes up the track, but um, could actually 
still win like he did from box one three back my mate spate but rocket reds down grading and um hasn't been terrible in the last couple so i'll go with that each way if you wanted me to label a best bet of the day just purely on price guys um thrilling gray who's my next best bet race seven number three it's a dollar 90 top two with a spare box, box two, Lagoon Torpy now with Udi Cottom off the inside looks a danger to me, but yeah, $1.90 top two, thrilling grey. I think race seven would be the one I'll be putting through all multis today. Thanks very much, Rosso. All the best calling at Manukau today, so we'll keep an eye on those three and we will be giving you stick if they don't come in. Uh, all the best calling there. Double major, Rocket Red and Thrilling Grey from Mark Rosanowski. We're going to go to a quick break. On the other side of that, we'll be joined by Malcolm Grant. This is Dog Speed on SENZ, brought to you by GRNZ. Welcome back to Dog Speed. Andy, our next guest, somewhat of a legend of the South, all the way from Low Cliff. Malcolm Grant's joining us. Good afternoon to you, Malcolm. Yeah, good day, Dan. Yeah, thanks for calling me a legend. Yes. <laughs> no worries, legend in my own bathwater. <laughs> exactly. Now yeah. you've certainly been around the industry for for a fair while, and we'll just we'll start off with how did you get into the to the greyhound racing, mate? Oh, mate, way back in 1972, um, in the old uh, in the old Holden, Dad took us kids out to Marston's Domain and seen these greyhounds run around this track, and uh, or dogs, we didn't know really what they were. Mum was tied up to a fence there for sale for $20, and Dad bought it, and we bought it home. <laughs> That's how we started. And how did that greyhound go for you, Melky? Oh, Tojo, he won the South Island Hurdle Championships, the Red Hurdle Racing in those days. He's and you bought him for $20. What, what, was the, what was the prize money back like those days? So you win, the, you win the, the Hurdle Champs. What did you get for winning that? I think it was about $12. So you were still in debt for yeah. $8 after you win a big race like that. Yeah, Gee, things yeah, have changed yeah. these days, haven't they, Melky? Yeah, they what? Wow. You know, these boys, you, boy, you young fellas don't know you're living there. Yeah, we're very lucky in this got. day and age what we're racing yeah. for, to be fair, Melky. Is that one of the, yeah. the main changes you've seen over the years you've been involved, what, what we get to race for these days? Oh, yeah, well, you know, um, you know we can race. You know, back in the day when we started tote racing, you had to win a couple of races even before you got to a tote meeting. Things like that. Now you're just racing maidens, they're going around for a couple of K. You know, um, yeah, it's all good. You know, it's all real good. Makes it a whole lot easier to try and... uh make a a living off the sport. Malcolm, we might just have to uh, leave you there for a moment. We've just got to head to uh, Auckland for the first of uh, their meeting. 12 races on the program there today. We're about 10 seconds away from a start in the first. So we'll be back with you in about a minute, Malky. We'll leave you uh, there and we'll be back with you momentarily as we head to Monaco with Mark Rosanowski for the first at Auckland. So you've got to respect the the training and the breeding there. As you see, about to box away. We'll leave it in your hands, Rosso, for race number one at Monaco. Thanks, Blake. First of the day, follow Auckland Greyhound Racing Club on Facebook. Sprint the maiden, 318 metres. Second line going forward. Favourite is Sweet Banjo, $2.50. Winner on Thursday at Cambridge. Cornelia Reithman alerts the lure driver was set to go race one. 
Underway, Sweet Banjo's away third. Nelly Lemon leads out again, followed forward by Wairinga Nova. Couple of links back then to Sweet Banjo going through the gears. The outside there for Wears Neville, followed back then by Chilin Scotch Mist. Back with that there, the inside car by Lisa and Sweet April Joy to the corner. Nelly Lemon charging up the outside. Sweet Banjo runs on by. Sweet Banjo from Nelly Lemon. Third to go by then was Wears Neville. Uh, then we had uh, Chilin. Closer in was uh, Wairinga Nova. Get back to the others, headed by Sweet April Joy, cut by Lisa. Sweet Banjo getting the job done there. Corey Steele uh, putting it in the box. He didn't tip us that one, Andy. But we'll go back to Melky. Melky, when you started training in your own right, can you remember the first winner you had? Well, uh, no, I can't. That's, uh, yeah. Oh, Malky, you almost put a mockery on us all there. They always say you never forget your first winner, and you almost did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I thought you were talking about when I started puppet trading. No, I can't remember my first winner. I probably, I probably should, but it's, it's been a while, you know. <laughs> Melky, obviously uh, you train out of Lowcliffe. It's a it's a fair hike for you to get to Addington Raceway. How many dogs have you got out there? And what is a what is a, a week in the life of Melky Grant look like? With uh, obviously a fair bit of travel involved to get to your main track. Yeah, it's a you know it's a pretty full on here. There's there's three of us three of us full time here. Um, although the wife she's she's um, under the weather and has been for a bit, but. Uh, um, you know, with uh, Mel B, myself, and uh, a couple of part-timers, uh, we get through it all. Um, it's a lot easier now that uh, I've got um, Mel B on board because um, she can go to the track, and that, that just frees me up to get things done at home. Um, but you can work, work around it pretty good down here. We've been down here 27 years now. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it works pretty good. Mel, you found yourself with a, a, a bitch in Corborn Leah who, who's ended up being a, a huge part of your operation and she's certainly left a few handy pups and you've got a, a litter that's just started off now. So how influential has she been to the operation down there? Well, probably over, it's like everything in this game, you know, you just you just got to keep finding owners and you've got to keep finding dogs and um, that, you know, that's the nature of the beast because... Um, as we all know, unfortunately in greyhound racing, they they come quick and they go quick. So um, you know we've got to. I'm always say once they're racing, I sort of half by forget about them, and I'm always looking for the next ones to race because. So and Jill Burrow's come along about three or four years ago now. Um, you know, I started off training in my brave Barbios for that was her first litter, and then as I've got older, I want to scale down. Um, uh, Jill and her family, Aaron, and that said they were they were they wanted to start breeding a really good class of dog, um, and so we've cut a deal, um, and you know I can scale down and probably just train, you know, just train for them and a few for myself, uh, just to quieten down a bit. So it's worked out really good uh, this time in my life. You know, I probably. You know, 15 years ago, no good then, because um, you've got to keep tuning the numbers. But, uh, no, it's, 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 it seems like it's going to work out really good for all of us.
Melky, that latest litter that uh, that has hit the track in recent weeks, obviously uh, there's some, some pretty talented canines in there. Diamond Vapor, uh, obviously uh, one of them. Diamond uh, Chipper goes pretty decent as well. Diamond Giorgio, there's a, a number of them. What level do you think they're capable of getting it? Obviously uh, still fairly young and, and inexperienced, but at the moment they're showing like they've got a, a fairly decent turn of foot. Yeah, they, hey, they look good and... Um They've burnt a lot of wins really quickly, which sometimes whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. With it, you know they're only 21 months old, and um, I'd say that's a, I'd say there are two or three of them there that will probably go through to open class. Uh, whether they're going to be good enough, you know, Vapor I believe will be, you know, be a good enough open class dog. He's, he's taken a couple of hits now, which is good, and he hadn't resented it. Um, sometimes you just don't know when they get get going through the grades as quick as these dogs. They're going to get hit sooner or later, and and I'm always looking to see if they cop it and and move on from it. So the level they're going to get to, we probably won't know for another six to eight months. Yeah, it does make it uh, tricky, especially with the the grading system here in New Zealand. Once they uh, they can they can get themselves outgraded pretty quick, but a couple of these appear to be taking uh, that next step. Melky, we've also seen you with a another handy youngster, one of your uh, your homebreds in, in Smash Wave, who appears to have a a fairly decent turn of foot. We haven't seen her in a couple of weeks. Where's she at in her preparation? Yeah, good. She's just on her way back. Um, I got slammed with the coffee. Just one litter got um, the spring gun. That was uh, she's a uh, spring gun litter I've got here, and uh, they got hit pretty hard with it. But they're they're all good now, and she's been back in work a week. So um, yeah, I'd say it'd probably be there, be the end of the month or early next month before we see her go. But uh, she's come back good. Break's done a good. We heard you uh, say just a little bit earlier, you're sort of at that stage where you're looking to scale back a little bit. What does the next uh, two or three years hold for Melky Grant in terms of greyhound racing? Oh, what we've got here at the moment is probably going to, you know, we'll have to see us through for the next 12, 12 months or so. And then uh, looking forward, we've got, um, Jill's got a Fernando Bale dog down here. Yeah, it's probably just going to be the, the same old, same old, you know what it's like, Andy. And then uh, we get up in the morning and we go and we do the job and, and then we get up and go again. So uh, that's probably what I'll be doing. Well, I'm still fit enough. <laughs> Fair enough, Melky. Um, and just before we let you go, I see you've got a team in on Tuesday. Have you got anything we should keep an eye out, maybe have a few dollars on each way? Yeah, I was looking at that because I thought you might ask me, ask me that. No, Pretty sticky. Diamond Nina, um, um, she was fresh up the other day. I thought she went real good. Got the one. As long as we, as long as we clear the two dog, two dog might play a part. Part, but, it's, but if we clear that and get going, we might get the three run for its money. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that one on Tuesday. Malky, thanks for joining us. It's always good to catch up with people that have been around in the industry for a long time and hear a bit about their story. So. <laughs> Thanks for that, and good luck on Tuesday. Andy, we're going to have a quick break. On the other side of that, me and you are going to waffle. And we do waffle well. We do. We do do that very well. This is Dog Speed on SENZ, brought to you by GRNZ. We love our dogs. They love to race. GRNZ.co.nz. You'll want to go there to have a look at the fields for the upcoming meetings because... Dan's about to tip us into a couple of winners. Well, he thinks it's a couple of winners, but I might try and roll him with one of them. Well, Janine might. If it wins, it'll be mine. If it loses, it'll be Janine's fault. But 
Daniel, four on Tuesday. How many winners have you got? At best, three, unless the two that are in the same race did heat. That's confidence. Yeah. It's confident. <laughs> uh, no, I've got a pretty handy team going around on Tuesday, Andy. Um, I've got two in the C2 and 3, 520, Goofy Adobe and Grandview Ace, who uh, both went really good last start, I thought. So uh, they're both probably good chances come Tuesday. Uh, Dave Fay, he's got a good one in there in Jatan, which is obviously going to be hard to beat if the right Jatan churns up. But if I had to pick between the two, I'm probably going to lean towards Grandview Ace there. Just quickly talk us through her, Daniel. Obviously, you got her off uh, Bobby Pringle, who uh, had to take a little bit of a back seat in training. So must have been a pretty decent phone call for you to receive saying you're going to get big GVA because she's a pretty handy animal. Yeah, the old Pringle gave me a tingle on my phone. And, uh, yeah, it was quite quite pleasing to receive that uh, call. And, uh, yeah, very thankful for the opportunity. Um, he's allowed me to train Grandview Ace for him. Uh, it's been pretty successful so far. I've only had the two, two starts with her for a fourth and a second. And I think she's got somewhat of a bright future, uh, maybe even over 600 and maybe even 700 further down the track when she gets a bit of age on her side. She's one of those greyhounds who can kind of do a little bit of everything, can't she? She's she's sprinted successfully. She's been pretty decent, obviously, over the 520 metres. And, gee, her 600-metre form's solid too. Yeah, very versatile wee bitch. Uh, she's only young, so I'm not, not too panicked about the 600-metre racing for a while yet. Hopefully, maybe look at a few restricted age races to come. We'll just see how she improves with my training, hopefully. Hopefully for uh, for Bob Pringle as well. And But, no, we're looking forward to how she goes and, uh, outside of that, on Tuesday, I've got Dispute or Not, who uh, was, was ultra-impressive at Invercargill. Who did he uh, beat? He beat an OK one, didn't he? <laughs> he beat an OK one, Postman Pat, but it was Postman Pat's first run back from a from a wee niggle, so I'm sure he'll take a lot of benefit off the run, and he's also going around Tuesday as well, so he's one to, to look out for. But I couldn't see why he couldn't back up that form. How um, big was a smile on your face when you beat a greyhound like Postman <laughs> Pat, who's uh, clearly got a big future? Well, it adds pressure because now people probably think my dog's a lot better than what he actually is. And people need to know the story behind him as well. Obviously a greyhound too, uh, who took a little bit longer to get to the races than his litter mates because a few of them have had a few goes around. He's taken a little bit longer. Reason? He suffered a pretty bad injury as a young pup, which uh, set him back, and he was he was on the cusp of retirement, to be honest with you. And I've got to give a lot of credit to the owner, um, part owner, Mike Sinnott. He sort of swayed me into to pursuing, which has uh, ended up being worth it, uh, really. So we, we got him back to the races. It wasn't easy. It wasn't ideal. And a lot of work went into him. But uh, we got him back, and, and he's, he's repaying us now. And now you're glad you did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And Tigalong Panda goes around. Tigalong Panda, he uh, he really impressed me on debut down at uh, Invercargill. It was his first look on the track. He got beat by a, a pretty handy dog, but... Um, no, he was he was impressive. He comes up with box six, which I don't think will trouble him too much. Uh, he's definitely got ability, and I think I think he could be too good for this field. But I think you're going to oh, try. I think, oh, oh, <laughs> I think oh. you're going to try to talk us into one of yours in that race. Hold on a second. Too good for this field. You're, you're, you're saying that like Miss Rowdy didn't run seventeen forty last week and, <laughs> and isn't some sort of chance. Is that all? Oh, <laughs> oh. What's Tigalong Panda running Tuesday? Label it, uh, label it. Track's good. We've got fine weather. What's he running? 17.24. Well, if he runs that, you probably beat me. Probably. But well, I'll give you something to think about. Yeah, well, it'll be an interesting race. Um, but anyway, well, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have to remember this for next week because uh, if I win, I'll get you on the phone. And if you win, I won't get you on the phone. I'm just going to ring Rosso and say if I win, I need to be on next week's show. <laughs> just for two minutes so I can just come on for two minutes of laughing. Yeah, well, that'll be ideal for you, won't it? It would be. It would be. <laughs> I, I would handle that very well.
very, very well. Now, Daniel, we need to get back to Monaco. Second of the day. Mark Rosanowski calling the action there. We've got a, a C1 520 metre race. Corey gave us a little each way push here for Opawa Meg. Seven and two dollars and ten cents. I think his words were if he can get across Opawa Arlo into the first corner, then he's a fairly decent chance of being in the finish. So let's head to Rosso and see how good the big Cosser is. Each way price now six dollars and a dollar and eighty five cents. Yeah, don't mind him on a one over three basis. He's got to get the right sort of run, of course. A Pawarello can float up the track a bit too. Might get parked outside that. Uh, we'll see. Donning will get a safe run the inside. He just didn't quite finish off the 527 like we hoped he might last week. And, and Arlo certainly pulled clear on him. But some other interesting dogs. Why are the likes of Boring and, uh, and Overtaking out in box eight too? Another of the steel runners. Blind and ready race two. Pump and engineering services were set. And off a Paralo out nicely, donning very awkwardly away. Goeve gets into her work nicely too, followed wider out then by overtaking, getting into a nice spot. Big time Crusades got back the inside with a power meg out wide between runners then to Boring and last of all there was Jenny Hawk down the back goes Opawa Arlo by three overtaking lying second three links away then to go Eve getting underneath that though was Boring going to run, run on solidly from there margin back Opawa Meg donning no chance here for Jenny Hawk or big time Crusade Opawa Arlo's got things covered overtaking to hold down second light diving at it Boring actually made it interesting between the steel runners then we had Opawa Meg and go Eve margin back the others are donning alongside of that so Opawa Meg wasn't able to cross Opawa Arlo there Dan and if anybody was on the favourite it was a fairly easy watch for Arlo hard to cross the dog when that jumps that good isn't it mate it is. It is hard indeed. Good news is that wasn't one of Corey's best. He thought that was a little bit later on with Opawa Lucy, who's a fairly decent price. So if you followed Corey there, still an opportunity to get your money back a little bit later on. So we've spoken Tuesday. Dan Roberts thinks he can beat Janine McCook. I'm hoping he's wrong. Monday, we've got a couple going around. I thought Epic Grace last start was very good. Comes up with box seven. She's a greyhound down as a straight in the preferential box draws, but... Continues to draw seven and eight, but that's a story for another day. Uh, she should be okay out there. And, uh, and Rowdy is, mate. She's racing well enough. She just needs to get a clean run into the first corner, and she shouldn't be too far away. And I think both of those greyhounds will be uh, okay prices. They go around tomorrow. Aaron White calling the action tomorrow. Daniel, we're very quickly running out of time here, and we're getting close to New Zealand Cup and Galaxy time. Now, I don't need to ask you who's on top of uh, your selections for the Galaxy because clearly he's a big fawn greyhound called Levi Bale and there's no need to uh, to go any further there because you'll just talk for 17 minutes about him. But <laughs> who's in behind him? Ooh, uh, if in terms of my team or in, in terms, terms of anybody's team, mate? Anybody. Well, the cold, the cold pair have been dominating uh, Palmerston North for the last couple of weeks. Typhoon Tim's absolutely low flying at the moment. He's got to be the obvious choice, I think, at the moment. What do we do with the southern form around Buster's brother, who's uh, absolutely flying for Brett Connor? Posed this question to Justin Evans when I was on trackside with him on Friday after he dealt to them again. Said he wasn't sure how he would measure up here at Addington, but clearly his form is super. Yeah, the whole Connor team's actually flying at the moment, uh, to be fair. But Buster's brother, he, he's, I hope he brings him up for a look. He's got to be a definite chance where he's going. If he can keep that form up, then why not? He's running times. We've got less than a minute here. Daniel, very quickly, New Zealand Cup, tell Bingo Bale, where's he? He's on his way back. He's had one trial, which we're pretty happy with. So we've just got to keep progressing forward and hoping that uh, he keeps going where we want him to go and, and stays sound. And clearly Carlos Jewell in good form. He's in great form. Probably the best uh, best dog that Craig Roberts has ever bred, I think. So uh, he's, 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 he's run into form at the right time.
He certainly has. That's about all we have time for today, Daniel. Good to know I've gone from fifth reserve to first reserve. But next week, the great man himself will be back, Mark Rosanowski. Daniel, been a pleasure to be along with you. We've got a couple couple seconds left. Uh, we'll just quickly put you on the spot. Galaxy and Cup, what are your top picks? Uh, Typhoon Tim for the Galaxy Cup. Very, very even. Maybe Opawa Superstar if they get him back somewhere near his best. Yeah, he's been trialling phenomenal. And that's all we have time for today on Dog Speed. This has been Andy McCook and Dan Roberts. Andy, thanks for joining us. Dog Speed to you. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.